Welcome to uh, Hanging with the Oregon Homies, and I'm Frankie, and I'm here with Oscar. And today we have a special guest. We have County Commissioner Katie Jacobson. Many of you are familiar with Katie, um, and we're going to talk about childcare today. Uh, this program airs on KYQ on Fridays from 12:30 to 1, and it repeats on Saturdays. And also. Uh, look us up on your favorite podcast, um, and you'll find Hanging with the Oregon Homies there. So, welcome, Katie, and Oscar and Katie, take it away. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> Yay, thanks for being here. Well, uh, Katie, the, the most important question that I which, that which it, see, it's on top of everybody's mind, it's child care. Yeah. And we all know that right now that Lincoln County is a uh, desert that, that with child care. And not only Lincoln, but but the entire state. And so I know that uh, you are a proud proponent of child care, and I know that you're that you're going to explain to us that one of the programs that which the county is doing. Yeah. So um, I have lived through child. I still live through child care issues <laughs> of my own, um, having four kids and also being a foster slash resource parent. So. Um, have been through lots of like personal child care struggles. Um, I think we've known even before the pandemic that we're in a child care desert here. I think, um, you know, always looking for the positives. I think that the pandemic maybe made a broader section of the community aware of the child care struggles we had. I feel like there was a lot of um, people that maybe were like, oh, gee, you know, if the kids aren't in school, people can't work. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of just that, that light bulb moment, I think, for a lot of employers that maybe hadn't really thought about that too hard previously. Um, so coming out of the pandemic, I think, um, you know, I personally was really tired about just talking about it. Um, there had been a lot of work groups and a lot of meetings about talking about the problem. Um and I just kind of got really frustrated and tired of talking about it. Um, and there were some other kind of community members that got tired of talking about it as, as well. So we just kind of decided collectively, um, let's make new mistakes <laughs> and, uh, and and just try something. Um, and so we kind of went searching for a model. We knew what wasn't working. Um, you know, large childcare facilities. Uh, there are some exceptions to this in Lincoln County, but have a tendency not to operate for very long here mm-hmm. because they require just an ongoing, very large subsidy. And that's not even to bring the the price of care affordable. That's just to, to have them operate. Um, and some work, but we've had a lot of of um, failed attempts at childcare centers here. Um, and so we really thought um, about the in-home child care model, which is people that are typically, not always, but typically watching their own children and then take additional children and either became um, certified or, or licensed to be in-home providers. Um, so we took a model from Deschutes County where they were looking at the fact that in-home child care providers are typically a revolving door because as you have young kids, you take more kids as your kids go to school or get older, maybe you don't do that anymore. Um, And in the past, I think that model has kind of been like, well, you know, we don't really want to invest in that because it's just this revolving door. Um, Deschutes County said, well, it's great if you can just keep people coming in the door as people are exiting. Like if you can just create this path, that's great. Um, so they started a child care accelerator program through their community college, which um, as of fall 2023, we will be doing here in Lincoln County, which I'm very excited about. 
Um, and part of what made that program work is access to funding for new people starting their business so that those initial startup costs, because there is requirements of licensing, like maybe a sprinkler system or maybe a hard um, escape off your second floor, uh, or maybe just equipment purchases or building lease or those types of things. Um, that you would have access to capital. So um, Lincoln County, kind of under my leadership, took some American Rescue Plan Act funding, and we initially put $100,000 um, into a pot of money for either new childcare businesses that were starting up, um, or had started up in the last year or so since we got the ARPA funding, or existing childcare businesses that were expanding. And expanding could mean maybe you were going from one type of licensing to another where you could take more kids, or maybe you were staying in the same license type and expanding your hours or something like that. Um, but as the point was to make new slots. Mm-hmm. Um, so we opened that up less than two months ago. Um, and at this point, we have allocated all of our $100,000, um, which actually surprised me. I, I, I actually thought it would take a little longer than that to, to burn through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, pleasant surprise. So I'll be coming back to the board um, here in early June and asking for us to allocate more money from American Rescue Plan Act. Um, Probably $300,000 is what I'm going to ask and put that money back into that pot. We'll probably immediately reopen that program. In fact, we're already starting a wait list. If you're listening to this and interested, call us because we'll put you on the list for when it opens back up. Um, And then we'll also save some of that money to kick out again after the Business Accelerator program ends in the fall. So those people that go through that class have access to capital. So that's that's the program in a nutshell. I actually have yeah, a quick question that when it comes, and of course that uh, in-home care providers, that it's something that which, that which, that which we want to build up the, mm-hmm. within the county. Now, one of the biggest things that which I have been speaking that with students who, uh, who have been wanting to open that their own in-home. And one of the biggest obstacles comes down that also uh, many of them that don't own, don't own their home and uh, they're actually renting. And now, see, and now comes that the big major obstacle for them. It is that where they have to ask at their landlord. And of course, not all landlords that are um, that are very friendly to the idea. Mm-hmm. That because of course that they might feel that they could also be that on the hook for any li- uh, liability. Oh, yes, wow, this is true. Yep. Yeah, one of the things you could do, and we actually, if you don't own your building or leasing your building or your um, the home you live in, we do require something from your landlord saying that you're okay to have a facility there. But something you could do, say your landlord is going to require additional insurance for the in-home business, you could actually apply to our grant for that extra insurance. Mm-hmm. That is something that would be a you know oh, cool. a, a, an expense that would be allowable um, under the fi- um, guidelines of this project. So you could do that. Oh, that's cool. Well, see, and uh, that's great, and it's really that a wonderful thing. Uh, but the other thing that which we also come into is, of course, uh, trying to find housing. Yes. See and, <laughs> see, and see, and see, and this problem seems like to be getting that arranged that every time, and uh, which we're trying to work forward, and uh, there's like a, a small little hiccup that always keeps popping up. Well, I, I mean, I think housing and childcare are connected. I mean, housing, childcare, our economy, well-being of kids, all of that are all—it's all connected. It's all one big thorny issue. Um, 
You know, there's been some interesting pilot projects throughout the state, and actually Lincoln County is on the list for a couple of those, and we'll see what happens in the legislature, but um, we are on the list to have a pilot project here for joint kind of affordable housing and child care facilities together, which I think would be really great. Oh, that would um, be really great. And what's interesting is, again, because that's a usually a center, but again, where does the subsidy come from? Um, some of the pilots they've done is that they – you know, they build the um, they build the housing, but instead of creating a center, they build certain units for in home in the in the housing unit, um, and so it's people that operate in home facilities in a rented space in affordable housing, which I think is a really interesting model. Um, but I agree with you; it's like housing is kind of the it is the big holdup on a lot of stuff here, um, not just childcare, but mm-hmm. You know, whenever there's economic development opportunities or something or people that come to me and talk about some great idea for a big business, it's like, that's awesome. Where are you going to house people? You know, we really can't have a conversation about more training opportunities or, you know, more innovative businesses or expansion of existing things without the housing conversation because they do just go hand in hand at this point. And I can talk a lot about housing if you want me to, but I'll, I'll try not to take the show over with that unless you give me the green light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, do you know what? And uh, you actually were speaking that about the different types of little models. There is a uh, model that out there that it's uh, what they're doing. It is that they're getting within a retirement center, and they're putting in uh, a child care center that within and. And some of the things that which have come out of that model that has really been positive for the residents that are of the community, uh, would you think that that and uh, this idea that it would be something worthy that of uh, trying to check into it and uh, trying to see that if it's viable? Here? I love this. I've seen this too um, on the internet and stuff, Facebook. Um, videos and stuff and I love it I think it has such a nice benefit for you know both both ages um so I think that I think that absolutely has the ability um to be explored and I'm hoping maybe someone listening wants to like take that on as a little nonprofit <laughs> or a, a business opportunity and give it a try absolutely. um you know I I think that's a great idea to explore and again the funding that we hopefully will have more of I think would absolutely be able to help with startup costs or whatever for something like that mm-hmm. um you know I think there's I think there's all types of models that can work and I think putting on my parent hat for a minute and taking off my commissioner hat for a minute, not all types of child, I mean, there's certain types of child care that work better for certain types of kids. Right. And um, there's one program in the county that applied to our um, grant program, and it's basically an outdoor preschool and daycare. There is no inside facility. Oh, and um, I, 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 yes, County? I think that I know which one. Yes, I'm not saying their name. Yes, <laughs> and I was I was talking to our grants manager about this, who also is a parent, and I was saying, you know, out of my four kids, I have one kid that like would love would have yeah. loved this at their age. It would have yeah. been perfect for them. Yeah. And I have another kid who would have been like, nope, yeah. <laughs> you know, not my thing. Not going out in that weather. Not going out in that rain. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, so, you know, interesting. Model. while sometimes I think we can all think like my commissioner hat just kind of thinks about slots, you know, like yeah. kids in care. Yeah. Um, my mom brain kind of thinks more about that, um, you know, varying types of care and diversity yeah. in care and, you know, trying to get to a place where we're not just focused on slots, 
but quality right. and type of care where you as a parent in this community actually get to where you have a choice, which I feel like because we've been in this desert, you don't really have a choice. Mm-hmm. It's like you call the 10 places and one has a slot. You're like, okay, this is where you're going. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's it would been be, a lot yeah. of years since I've had babies, but mm-hmm. I can tell you, and having kids who have different needs is yeah. so important. You know, and and it was always such a hassle to find. And we did in-home care and some yeah. in-home care. You know, they wouldn't feed my kids the way they fed their kids. And, and then there's, you know, uh, institutional care, which is good because they have lots of activities. But for some kids, it's overstimulating after an already overstimulating day. <laughs> and, it, and then to have to pay for it. Yeah, that's the whole other and, issue. And we yeah. kind of started talking about this, and you mentioned about, you know, how much it costs just to keep a, a daycare center mm-hmm. going without talking about subsidies. And so mm-hmm. is there any money for subsidies to help families pay for childcare? Childcare was absolutely my most, I was a single parent, two kids. Big, biggest, biggest expense. Cost. Bigger yeah. than anything. Bigger than you know rent or anything in those days there is some help and you probably know the answer to this better than i do so do you want to do you want to answer yeah there are subsidies uh but it mean well one of the biggest things that it starts to depend uh with their rating and so what happens that uh those those in here uh those in-home care programs mm-hmm. that if they start to have a yes spark rating i believe that it's a four and um and also uh, with the owners that are on their oral, where they can apply for the uh, preschool promise. Oh. Okay. So there are ways there are ways that are getting funding, but the only thing it is that you have to be a uh, license. Uh, right, mm-hmm. I remember that. Yep. Yeah, I remember that really well because if they're not licensed, then you can't have get access it to reimbursed mm-hmm. or yeah. Yeah, there's and a lot of people didn't want to go through the licensing for lots of reasons. Mm-hmm. You know. And um, so, so the I had another question about because we tend to we've in this program we focus on Latino um, Mesoamerican issues, and so I'm wondering if my kids don't speak English, is there a place I can take them when I go to work that where they'll be you know they'll be able to be understood? <laughs> um, is that an issue in Lincoln County? I'm assuming it is. Yes, yep. it is, uh, and I know that Newport has one provider that is Spanish speaking. One? Yes, the one provider. Oh. And we did get. I mean, I will say we did get an application through the grant program. Um, I'm not sure if it's approved yet. I think it's. I think it's still working its way through the process, but. Um, for a potential new provider, I can't remember where they're at in Lincoln County, but um, that is a Spanish speaker as well. So hopefully. Hopefully that will be successful, not just in our funding program, but I believe they're still in process of licensing, so they still have to get through um, that hurdle as well. But yeah, I think it's absolutely an issue. And well, and the you know, see, and one of the things I which you questioned was was about quality, mm-hmm. and I think that honestly that this is some this is one aspect that which we really need to speak about that be yep. that because. Uh, not all programs that are quality programs. Right. Uh, and to me, and uh, this is where I bring in my experience that are working uh, from uh, from a different state. 
and uh, there's a different standard to things. Um, and uh, to me, that high quality means that we have to be drawn. Uh, we have to be drawn the top of the bolt of everything. Uh, one of the things that which I have noticed it is it's sometimes the use of curriculums, and and to me, and being exposed to different types that of that of a curricula, it allows me to see that what's the benefits that of here and there. Mm -hmm. uh, hmm. But the other thing is, I also see that there's lack of having trainings that are around here. Yeah, and uh, that has been my biggest um, pet peeve for me, and it's that because that I'm a firm believer, and uh, not see, and to me, it's like I myself have see, and I myself have to do my professional development. But what I have to do is I have to leave the account and to go that sometimes to Eugene and to Portland. Right. And to me, that the first thing that I'm thinking is, what about those in-home care providers? Right. What about their time that of driving out yeah. uh, to Eugene? And, and that this is something that which has really started to uh, really has, has aggravated me. Mm -hmm. The only good thing is um, this past Saturday, I actually gave a, a STEM training, and oh. I, and one of the good things was was the uh, was that we worked together that with the Oregon, uh, the Oregon Coast STEM Hub, oh, and yeah. and also oh. that with the Limbetton STEM Hub, mm -hmm. cool. and that we actually got together, we uh, tossed a uh, training together. Very cool. We had. And we were really happy that we got 16 participants that are showing up on Saturday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a great turn. So that really shows that c providers mm -hmm. really want yeah. training. If you mm -hmm. had 16 come on a Saturday, that's a great turnout, Oscar. Yeah, you see, and I think that this is also that something that where we have to work together. And also yeah. that, we, that with the county. Uh, that because that to us it is that we have to provide the, the tools to our uh, in-home providers. Yeah, they don't always get everything. So uh, the other thing that it's also, and uh, this is for me that of just throwing that a little bit. <laughs> that, uh, that see, and uh, for us that at the college, and one of the things that which we did was that they had asked me that last year, hey Oscar, that what's one what's one thing in the, which you want us to purchase for your program. And, and you said curriculum oh, wow. and we actually yeah. bought two curriculums mm -hmm. and what is real nice it is the answer and the first question that they asked me all right so do you just want to keep this within your program and and my answer was like no L let's put it that see let's put it in our library and let's have people come and have access to it that's awesome. wonderful yeah, that's wonderful. That's really great. So to me, and the, this is a way that I, where we can help build those gra uh, gaps and of helping those in-home care providers that are mm -hmm. learning uh, and of providing better high quality. Because your program is training people mm -hmm. on how to mm -hmm. how to teach and how mm -hmm. to care for children, and so just having that available raises the quality mm -hmm. of the care. And you know, my experience was, and this again was many years ago, but it was that people did this not just for money, but because they really liked kids and mm -hmm. they liked working with kids and 
and they liked caring for them. And, and I had some care providers that would go to trainings all the time. Um, we used to have, I think it was through the Extension Office, the Child Care Coordinating Child Council. Care Resource and Referral, CCRNR, which used to be run out of Lincoln County Extension and then right as Nina Roll was retiring, who ran that program. Oh. Um, our area was kind of like rezoned, re- redrawn yeah. on the map. Yeah. Um, and we ended up swept up with Lynn Benton Community College. So CCRNR is now, our, oh. our region is now with them. Oh, okay. But they do still exist. Okay, good. Because mm-hmm. a lot of, in fact, I even did some training for them mm-hmm. um, in the valley, of course, because mm-hmm. everything happens in the valley. But um, and so, can we like estimate how many kids maybe need childcare in Lincoln County? I'm sure we've done that work. Huh? Yeah, I'm looking back in my head trying to see if I remember the exact approximately. Number. I mean, it doesn't have to be Under scientific. the age of, age of five, do you remember? Because I don't. I'd have to go look at the report. If I recall that the last time that I, it was just within the county, I believe, the minimum was 700. I was going to say 1,000, so we're, yeah. <laughs> we're somewhere in there. Kids that need childcare? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that are not being served. Ooh. But the only thing is that when the state, and uh, when, and then the, when the state that looks at it, we see a bigger number and uh, this is something that where we really have uh, and to me see and to me it's always a golden opportunity yeah uh but the only thing is of course that we have to be uh proactive and and i see and i and i actually thank you katie that be because that you're being proactive than rather than reactive trying to be trying to be um and like I said, it's like, let's just, you know, throw some money at it. I, I feel like sometimes there's issues that throwing money at doesn't really get you. Mm-hmm. But this is one where it's like, we've never tried that. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's see what happens. And um, I'm real curious as we have this first batch kind of go through and, and mm-hmm. you know, second one and maybe a third one to see what that gives us in the next mm-hmm. two to three years. Mm-hmm in terms of both quality and and slots and hopefully if we're seeing you know a positive um positive outcome of that that we can you know because arpa money will be long gone in in a couple of years but um we can look at other sources of funding to kind of keep this going if we're seeing that this model um, of really trying to invest in income in home with the business accelerator program mm-hmm. um, and with the availability funding if that's working then hopefully we can find another source of money to replace that and, and keep doing it sure and 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 what how, how what big of a role or does it play a role that you're also a mother with school age kid you know with oh kids it's a huge childcare. i mean it's a huge motivator because i've lived it yeah you know i've lived it because we've been talking about the yeah. lack of child care in this county yeah i mean since i had little kids and that was yeah. like 50 years ago well and in that statistic of being in a child care desert with the number of kids and the number of lack of providers like my kids are in those statistics i mean that, yeah. that is my family you know yeah. in there in fact i almost had to bring my eight-year-old with me today because i couldn't find after school care like and then a neighbor came through so i mean we still live this and so yeah. i think it's definitely a motivator and it's also one of those things where i know if i'm struggling with it then there's a ton of other people struggling with that. Yeah. yeah. And, and and this is the value of having our our officials have a variety of life experiences. Absolutely. 
Yeah. You know, because in the old days, you know, it'd be all guys. It wasn't that long ago that it was all men who were county commissioners. And no one talked about, none of the commissioners talked about child care. It wasn't their issue, you know. Yeah, there's actually two commissioners now that have kids in the school district. Oh, so that's cool. Myself and Commissioner Miller both have school-age kids. So, awesome. Um, it's just things like having to rearrange. We really can't have meetings during school holidays. You know, I mean, it's just like yeah. we really have to think about this now because there's two of us well, and, that are in this boat. And yeah. typically what would have happened is that you would have had to stay home and not be able to be in the meeting because you didn't have child care. And Correct. Left out. <laughs> yeah, and, absolutely. You know, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, you know, it it warms my heart to know that both of you are working on these issues because you can't work if you don't have good <laughs> child care and you know your kids are being well taken care of. It's very difficult. And in these days, with companies, uh, businesses just begging for staff and workers, well, you know, it's it's kind of amazing that some of our bigger companies haven't set up their own child care centers, like at the hospitals and at the, you know. Um, so there's lots of ways to 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 go about it. But so far, I haven't heard of the fish plants getting together to start. I a will child. say, Samaritan does have one in Lincoln mm -hmm. City, so we can't say the oh, hospital hasn't yes. done it because Samaritan Early Learning is in Lincoln City. Oh. So go go Samaritan. Oh. And, and and the you know what and I think that that with our show that one of the biggest questions is what is the outreach to Latinos and yeah. I and I think that since Latinos that are becoming a uh, bigger uh, population slowly th that it keeps growing more visible for sure yeah and. So what are the outreaches in, uh, for them now? Do I have time to answer? <laughs> you're well, waiting. We two minutes. Okay, I'll be, I'll be <laughs> fast. But um, I would say that we're certainly trying to find more inroads to advertise for the grant program there. Our application is in English and Spanish, and we've sent it out to Central de Ayuda and some other organizations that work with that um, community. Also, the CCRNR workers, also bilingual, bicultural. So he has all that information and part of his job with um, CCRNR is trying to recruit bilingual um, and bicultural childcare workers, so he's a big part of that kind of outreach plan. And as don't well. forget, we can always translate a message into Spanish. <laughs> Wonderful. And okay, put it we'll on do the that. Radio and have it go out over the radio because Link, we are the conduit of information in Lincoln County to our Spanish-speaking people because there's no other way. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. There's one thing, there's one piece that is missing. And I can tell you that this will be that the key to everything. The most important thing, it's a building relationship that with Latinos. Yeah. And uh, we are not a, a type of, uh, you. and so you can see that we're not the type that likes likes to go out, but it's rather for somebody else than to come and speak mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you can manage that, you'll see a a, a, a major shift that yeah. within the Latino community. 
Yeah, and we have funded, a, not just for child care, but for a lot of county programs, we just funded a program called the Resource Cafes. I don't know if you've connected into that, that yeah. we're doing uh, with Beatrice Botello and others at OSU oh, sure. Extension, specifically yeah. um, working with that audience on understanding more about government programs and stuff. And they're doing those both in Newport and Lincoln City around uh-huh. a variety of topics. So you should have them on your show. I, we should. <laughs> yeah. And I believe yeah. that we're running a lot of the... Um, uh, different uh, program information on our Facebook page. Yeah, but have Spanish. Beatrice on to talk about resource cafes. We should do that. That's a really yeah. good idea. And we are out of time again. <laughs> um, I really want to thank you uh, for coming, Katie. It, of course, uh, yeah. Thank you. Short notice, too, because I never think things through very far <laughs> in advance. I just ask Oscar. And so you've been listening to Hanging with the Oregon Homies, and this is Frankie. And Oscar. And we're saying goodbye for this week, folks. Please support KYQ. We have a fundraiser going on right now. Uh, we're looking for $10,000 to update our equipment and also to help with operating costs. So Keep those checks coming in, P.O. Box 1664, Newport, Oregon, 97365. Thanks so much for, your, for listening, folks, and see you next week.